0: Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, as always, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. We are your audio newspaper, and we appreciate you being here with us today. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield News and snow in the forecast for the upcoming week.
1: And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield Trivia Question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week.
0: Chamber of Commerce hands out annual business awards.
1: One more name has been added to the school board ballot.
0: 26 MISD students named as all-state
2: musicians.
1: Downtown business owner strives to hang on to outdoor seating.
2: Council opts to tear down jail facility. COVID-19 is still with us here in Mansfield. The city has released its latest road report.
1: Coming up in the features section...
2: Is plastic leather
3: vegan? Got gunk? If you do, I'm your man. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll deal with that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that describes
4: several of my friends.
1: We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve goes one-on-one with Mansfield City Councilman Mike Lehman. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield.
4: I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, and if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman CPA firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Manager for Jack Lauderman CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, We provide every level of business tax and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com.
5: I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then... I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang
4: out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple.
6: Hi, I'm Courtney Lackey-Wilson, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome
1: back to About Mansfield.
0: The Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce held its annual business awards banquet Friday night, handing out five accolades to four local businesses. The new business of the year went to Glow Up, a salon founded by Texas native Diana Bebout. Outstanding large business was awarded to Ramtech Building Systems, a firm founded back in 1982, designing, building, manufacturing, and constructing modular buildings. Ramtech now occupies. Occupies 20 acres of land along the 287 South Service Road, just north of Lone Star Road. Both the Outstanding Small Business and Community Service Awards went to Texas Trust, and the Chamber launched a new award this year, the Edison Award, which was given to a company that demonstrated innovation in the past year based on concept, value, delivery, and impact. Selmar Corporation took home that top prize.
1: The ballot for MISD school board has one more name on it as of last week, as Arlington resident Joanne Cardoza has filed to run for Place 5, which is currently held by Karen Marcucci. Though living in Arlington, Cardoza resides within the boundaries of Mansfield ISD, and thus far will be running against Bianca Benavides Anderson. School board trustee Marcucci has announced that she will not be seeking re-election there will be four MISD school board seats on the May ballot. The last day to file for school board, and city council for that matter, is 5 p.m. on Friday, February 18th.
0: 26 Mansfield ISD fine arts students have earned a distinction given to the top high school musicians in the state. 18 MISD band students and eight choir students were named All State Musicians by the Texas Music Educators Association, the highest honor a Texas music student can receive. Beginning each fall, over 70,000 musicians compete in district, regional, and area competitions. Less than 2,000 students are named the highest ranking musicians in the state and qualified to perform in one of 18 Texas All State ensembles in band, orchestra, or vocal divisions.
1: One downtown business owner is on a crusade to save a parklet that was constructed in front of his establishment a year ago. The Mansfield City Council voted to deny the renewal of the two-parking space seating area in front of Dirty Job Brewing, which was constructed as part of the historic downtown parklet pilot program. Brewery owner Derek Hubenak took to social media earlier this week in an attempt to drum up support for the curbside seating in hopes that the council members will have a change of heart. Speaking on About Mansfield last week, Mayor Michael Evans stated
3: that there were concerns. We love the parklet idea, but. Business owners were concerned about losing much-needed parking spaces. Right. So
1: Evans concluded that the parklets may wind up in another part of the city.
0: The Mansfield City Council held a special meeting on Monday afternoon where, among a list of items that they worked on, they agreed to demolish and rebuild our city's jailhouse. In an email from Councilman Casey Lewis, he states, quote, After a review of the options related to the police headquarters, council decided it is in the best long-term interest of the city to tear down the 30 plus year old jail facility and build a brand new facility rather than try to retrofit and renovate a former jail into a new police station. The cost difference between the two options is minimal, but the building efficiencies, design and longevity of a new building far outweigh the retrofit route, unquote. No date was given on when the demolition and construction will take place. Meanwhile, the COVID-19 epidemic is still taking a tenacious stance here in Mansfield with the numbers here
2: science reporter, Dennis Webb. Thanks, Steve. We appear to be at the peak of the current wave of epidemic spread in Mansfield. Mansfield saw 801 new cases last week, a little up from the week before. The last three weeks have seen the highest number of weekly new cases in Mansfield since the start. A month ago, we were seeing less than 100 new cases each week. Two citizens of Mansfield passed away from the virus last week. Countywide, last Friday, 1,274 fellow citizens were in the hospital, in Tarrant County, with the virus. 91 citizens died from the virus last week, the highest weekly number since October 2021. Tarrant County public health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get fully vaccinated, wear masks, and keep doing the distance and hand-washing things. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us have to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. Lots of people are catching the virus here these days. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb.
1: The city released its quarterly road report last week and announced significant progress on the Heritage Parkway project. The two westbound lanes of Heritage Parkway are now open after being reconstructed due to poor pavement conditions. A sidewalk has been included on the north side of the roadway. Several utility conflicts and material shortages delayed the schedule by several weeks. The entire project is expected to be completed by the end of this month.
0: Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and phone number in case we need more information. Wednesday, February 3rd is National Day the Music Died Day, commemorating the unfortunate and untimely deaths of singers 22-year-old Buddy Holly, 17-year-old Richie Valens, and 28-year-old JP the Big Bopper Richardson. Story has it that these three musical legends and their pilot died in an airplane crash on February 3rd, 1959 near Clear Lake, Iowa. Buddy, Holly's band was on tour and had played at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake. They were headed to their next destination in Moorhead, Minnesota. For this leg of their journey, they decided to take a charter plane rather than go on their tour bus. Richardson, the big bopper, had swapped places with Waylon Jennings, while Richie Valens won a coin toss over Buddy Holly's guitarist, Tommy Alsup. The tragic event echoed through history for over 50 years. Visitors still make the pilgrimage each year to Clear Lake, Iowa, about two hours north of Des Moines as this was the place of their last concert before the fatal accident. The day the music died was immortalized in the 1972 Don McLean hit American Pie, a song that was in part inspired by the tragic event. And speaking of unsettling weather, let's check our weather forecast. Here's Colleen.
1: Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm watch for our area as of this recording that will become a winter storm warning by the time you're listening to this podcast. We're looking for the winter storm conditions to be in effect from 7 p.m. Wednesday through 7 p.m. Thursday, possibly extending into early Friday. We've got an Arctic front heading our way and the impact it has will rely entirely on the timing of its arrival. It won't be like last February's crazy frozen weather as it's more of a typical winter storm setup for North Texas. If it arrives earlier than expected, we'll see more ice. If it arrives here later than expected, we'll see less ice. The Arctic system will move through our area at approximately 11 a.m. Wednesday. That's when Will have our high for the day of about 57 degrees. Temperatures will start dropping and they'll drop for the rest of the day and be down to about freezing by the evening. The precipitation is going to come along with the front and really pick up in the area by Wednesday evening and will transition from rain into a wintry mix of ice and then snow. Predictions are for up to three-tenths of an inch of ice and up to two inches of snow, though what we actually see is completely dependent upon the timing of the storm. To minimize stress levels, I'm not going to mention our low temperatures, but Thursday, we're looking at a high of 28 degrees, Friday, a high of 34 degrees, Saturday, a high of 43, and then Sunday through Tuesday, will allegedly be creeping up from about 50 to 56 degrees. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the Features section, Reporter Dennis Webb talks science, home improvement specialist Terry Radzwin presents the Ask Terry segment, and Brian Certain gets a little nutty in the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question, and Steve goes one-on-one with Councilman Mike Lehman. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield.
0: Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. And we are TPM, just to name a few. And also handles post production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So, whether you're a hands on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at noon. No charge for more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com.
6: hey mansfield sonia here from wise wellness did you know that wise wellness is now mobile yep we have changed our business model to best serve our clients that means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less we're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's w-y-s-e-well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com, W-Y-S-E well.com.
1: Hi, this is John Teixeira with Teixeira Realty Group, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section.
0: Let's head on over to the science
2: desk where reporter Dennis Webb is going vegan for a day. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. I've learned that sometimes what may not appear to be an interesting scientific question leads me to learn new science things. Here's one, a social media friend asked the question, is synthetic leather vegan? Now I was raised to think that oil comes from dead dinosaurs, ancient animals that bear on the, this vegan question. I had occasion to research this recently and it's different from what I was taught decades ago. Scientific insight can change over decades, And not everything we're taught as science is actually current science. So where does oil that we use to make the plastic come from? Out in the ocean, microscopic plants and animals die and fall to the seafloor every day, every square nautical mile. Some of it decays, but a percentage gets covered by silt or there's so little oxygen on the seafloor that it just piles up as goop, dead goop. This is the vast majority of the organic material that ends up as petroleum, though there is a little from dead marine animals and a little bit less from deceased life on land that is dumped into the oceans by rivers. Over millions of years, these organic molecules are trapped in sandstone that started out as silt. These organic materials turn into the mineral kerogen, a waxy substance in the sandstone. It is estimated that the underground kerogen is the most common organic material on our planet, vastly outweighing the living organic things such as us and all the plants and animals. If kerogen is later subjected to the right underground pressures and temperatures for hundreds of millions of years, it becomes liquid petroleum that can percolate through the sandstone, whose layers are bent and broken over this deep time. This bending and breaking creates pockets where the petroleum collects into underground pools, and this is where the oil companies find it today and pump it to the surface. So, oil comes mostly from microscopic plants and animals that died of natural causes in the ocean hundreds of millions of years ago before there were people. The original question comes down to whether you think microscopic animals, plankton, conform to our ethical notion of what is an animal we might further consider that the plankton's natural death and the planet's recycling of their molecules is not much different from our own deaths. The decaying of our bodies with our organic molecules recycled over deep time. This is how our planet works over long periods of time. So I think that petroleum-derived plastics are not necessarily in conflict with the particular worldviews of vegans. Some may object to plastics as products of a massive government-subsidized oil industry, but avoiding plastics made from petroleum is a pretty steep climb in our current lives. As you listen to this podcast, look around you... And note the plastic materials are everywhere. Car interiors, synthetic fibers in your clothing, exercise machines, digital devices, it is everywhere. This is America, and you're entitled to think about these things and live your life accordingly. For myself, I long ago made peace with plastics in my life. I'm always happy to eat vegan, and a lot of vegan food is delicious. I also enjoyed a steak last week. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. In a world where people have thousands of questions about improving and repairing their homes, one man
3: has the answers.
1: It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radzwin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he talks about the place that you call home. Terry?
3: We've got a question today from Jonathan who writes, Help! I turned on my Whirlpool bathtub after not using it for a long time, and the jets were shooting out black gunk. Is the tub saved to use, and what can I do to get rid of the black stuff? Thanks for the question, Jonathan. Yours is an unbelievably common problem because a lot of people have Whirlpool tubs installed and then very rarely use them in actuality. Everybody goes into this with the best of intentions, of course. They install the tub as a result of a need like chronic body aches or they want a sanctuary bathroom and think that a Whirlpool is a necessary part of that environment. What happens in reality is that the homeowner finds out that most home whirlpools aren't as therapeutic as the ones they used at a physical therapy facility or at a gym, or that the racket made by the pump and the moving water doesn't really contribute to the sanctuary feel of the bathroom, and the water gets cold if you sit in the tub for more than 10 minutes because they didn't have an inline heater installed in the tub's plumbing system since someone told them that you don't need a heater in Texas anyway because it never gets that cold here. Either way, same result. The whirlpool system falls into disuse, and no matter how well the internal piping is slanted for drainage, there's always water trapped in parts of the system. Even nice, clean city water carries some bacteria once air and dirty human bodies come in contact with it in the tub, and that bacteria has a nice, moist, fertile environment to grow inside those pipes and fittings. So that's what the black gunk is. It's just common mildew, not the black mold of death that many people believe is lurking inside every home waiting to take us all while we sleep, ignorant of its existence. And it's pretty easy to get rid of. Your first instinct might be to take off all the jet covers and squirt a disinfecting liquid with bleach inside, but you'd be wrong. Bleach can cause damage to the natural rubber and synthetic seals and gaskets inside the whirlpool pump and the system fittings, which in turn may cause them to leak, so that's a bad idea. There's a product formulated specifically for cleaning the jets in a whirlpool tub, and you can use it if you want, but there's an even easier and less expensive way to do it. The first time I got a call about this issue years ago, I was working for a kitchen and bath dealer, and we were a certified dealer for the manufacturer that invented the home Whirlpool bathtub. You know who they are, and their brand name has become generic like Kleenex when referring to Whirlpool tubs. So I called the company's technical support department, and they gave me the quote-unquote official solution that they'd found through experimentation was the best way to get rid of the black goo. Run some warm water in the tub and let it fill to the level of the hydrotherapy jets. Pour a cap full of ivory liquid, not green brand P, not blue brand D, and not some discount off-brand dish soap into the water and start the system. In a matter of minutes or even seconds, you should see the black stuff begin to discharge from the jets along with lots of bubbles. Run the whirlpool pump until you don't see the mildew discharging from the jets anymore. Drain the tub, rinse and scrub any remaining goo from the bathing well, and you're done. The detergent in ivory, as we all know from advertising history, is 99 and 44 99.44% pure, so it does nothing but clean. The bubbles generated by the soap help coat the entire surface of the pipe and fittings with detergent, and the pressure from the whirlpool pump creates a scrubbing action, forcing the mildew out through the jets. My additions to the regimen learned through experience are first to do a rinse with clean water after you drain and wipe down the tub to ensure that all the mildew is discharged. Secondly, and you don't have to do this every time, you should unscrew the jets from the side of the tub and clean them by hand using ivory liquid and a small scrub brush like a bottle brush. This will take any residual mildew out of play from regrowing. Whirlpool tubs are at their very essence a machine, and like all machines, they require regular maintenance to keep them running at their best and their cleanest. Do this simple process at least once a month, and you shouldn't have a surprise when you use the hydrotherapy system once every six months. Thanks again for the question, Jonathan, and as always, I remind you listeners that we're always looking for problems to solve. Nothing's too big or too small for me to handle, and I love a good challenge. And tell your friends, relatives, neighbors, everyone you can think of about the podcast. I'll tackle questions from around the block or around the world. You can send your questions to me at askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Aradsworth.
1: Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another perfect libation for his Cocktail of the Week. Brian?
4: This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Nutty Irishman. The nutty in the nutty Irishman refers to a hazelnut liqueur, which you might think is some super obscure ingredient, but you can usually find it in a bottle of the most famous brand, Frangelico, in your favorite local liquor store. Its sweetness and subtle nuttiness is the perfect partner to the rich Irish cream. But if you can't find it, opt for some other nut-flavored liqueur like an amaretto. I made this drunk extra nutty by adding a homemade ice cream whipped cream and a sprinkling of crushed hazelnuts. The almost inevitable whipped cream mustache that follows is highly worth it. But don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out the ingredients and directions and always posting them on bourbongospel.com. This week's cocktail of the week, the Nutty Irishman. The ingredients for the Irish whipped cream is one cup of heavy cream, one tablespoon of powdered sugar, and then a quarter cup of Irish cream, such as Bailey's. If you want to be adventurous, try a good bourbon cream for a little different take. For the cocktail, you're going to need one and a half ounces of Irish cream, such as Bailey's, or bourbon cream, one and a half ounce of hazelnut liqueur, such as Frangelico, and one half tablespoon of crushed hazelnuts, or if you want to be more simple, graham crackers. The directions for the Irish whipped cream. In the bowl of a stand mixer, you're going to whisk together the heavy cream and the powdered sugar, and you're going to whip it on high until stiff peaks are formed. If this is a step that's a little bit beyond you, just buy the can of whipped cream and call it quits. But if you want that little extra, once you get those stiff peaks form, you're going to slowly add the Irish cream. You're going to then transfer the whipped cream into a piping bag or a Ziploc bag with a corner snipped off and chill for the cocktail. In a shaker, you're going to add the Irish cream or bourbon cream and the hazelnut liqueur and then fill with ice. Shake until the shaker is frosty and strain the drink into a coupe glass. You're going to then pipe the Irish cream and garnish with the hazelnuts or graham crackers. But as always, I'm interested to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. I'm Brian Certain.
1: Congratulations to Elijah Craig, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What is National Texas Day? Elijah knew that it was February 1st, 1861, when Texas became the seventh state to secede from the Union. Texas's move completed the first round of secession just prior to Abraham Lincoln taking office. The seven states that left the union included South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. Incidentally, for those who guessed Texas Independence Day, that day falls on March 2nd. After the break, this week's trivia question... I'm Colleen Daniel and this is About Mansfield.
7: Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts. I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or OhanaScreenPrinting.com. That's OhanaScreenPrinting.com.
4: Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one-stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield
1: mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Hi, I'm Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield.
0: It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to the restaurant of your choice. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen.
1: Well, Steve, the world's only St. Patty's Pickle Parade in Palooza turns 10 years old this year and is just about a month away. This week's trivia question is What is the theme of this year's Pickle Parade? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what is the theme of this year's Pickle Parade?
0: good luck. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, you know him as one of the seven people who sit on the council, uh, the city council here in Mansfield and makes decisions weekly or biweekly around town. But do we know who Mike Lehman is? And so uh, for the next while, sit back Relax, and we are going to find out together who Mike Layman actually is. And Mike Layman, uh, welcome to About Mansfield.
5: First of all, I'd like to say thank you for having me today.
0: Let's start current, and but we'll, we're we're going to take you way back. Let's start current. What's the latest on the city council? What's going on?
5: Well, we are growing so rapidly, as everyone knows, and we have many projects. I, I call it juggling balls. We're, we got a lot of balls being juggled right now. Roughly, we have about 20% of our city that's left uh, to develop. And we're making all sorts of master plans and thoroughfare plans. And, you know, this goes here and that goes there. and uh, It's a journey. And uh, we want Mansfield to be the very best Mansfield it can be.
0: When you were, say, Let's go back 10 years. Let's go 20, maybe even 30 years ago. Did you ever think back then that you would be sitting on the city council?
5: Not really. Uh, I will say, um, let's go back when I started at Arlington Police Department in 1969. Um, and I was there until 79. Then in 79, I came to Mansfield as a police chief. And was chief here from seventy nine to eighty six, uh, and the reason I'm giving you this background, it it really kind of sets up my attitude of service, right? So to answer your question, politics, or if you will, and and that's a pretty broad term, but. Uh, It's always been kind of an avocation with me. I've always been very interested in how things work and how things get done and how people get things done. Uh, So I always felt like I would be of service. Uh, The actual decision to run for council just kind of popped up in about 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw an opportunity, and I ran, and I won. I was very surprised that I did win, but I I won.
0: (laughs) And you ran against...
5: Uh Marianne Johnston.
0: Okay. Uh, she that...
5: had been like an 18-year incumbent. Uh-huh. I mean, it was not a personal thing or anything like that. It was just that position was up, and I ran against it and just happened to win. Uh,
0: then, obviously, this is not your first time sitting on council.
5: No, sir. I served uh, from 08 till roughly 13, and I resigned to run for state rep mm-hmm. against Bill Zedler. I was unsuccessful in that campaign. Then I didn't really do much politically. I was chief of the school district from 05 to 13. And I'm trying to think this time. I think I came in office in 18, uh, and I've been here. I I was just reelected last May, so I've got two years left on this term.
0: Well, let's let's go back. You mentioned Arlington PD and and Mansfield PD, and then also then the school district uh, ISD PD. But we're going to take you way back. Okay. Where were you born?
5: I was born in Canton, Ohio.
0: Canton, Ohio. Uh,
5: my family moved to southern Ohio. To, it was Hamilton, New Miami area. Uh, my dad worked at the time worked for Fisher Body. Uh, when I was very young, about six, he ran off, and it was just my mother and I. Uh, and, and that's the way it stayed till I graduated from high school. Uh, my mother worked two and three jobs. She was hardworking and... Um, I was, a probably went to like a 2A school and, uh, I I played football and baseball. Not an outstanding scholar. I was above average athlete. I played, uh, as I say, football and baseball. Yeah. My grades would go up during football, down during basketball, back (laughs) up during baseball. Because in those days you had to maintain a C average in all your courses. Right, right. And I, I, kid, and and say, I think
0: it's still the case. You, you, you can't play.
5: I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's an average now, or I, I really don't know. I, I, wouldn't want to comment.
0: I believe it's you cannot participate in UIL, Okay. Uh, whether it's sports Whatever. or band or what have you, you have to maintain a certain grade point average. Okay. And so, uh, aside from the I. The NFL Hall of Fame is in Canton, is it not?
5: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Aside from...
5: I have no connection. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, aside from the NFL Hall of Fame, what is there to do in Canton?
5: You know, to be honest, I've only been back there a couple times, and I had some family that lived there for years. Uh, we were never really a close family, but we'd see them every two or three years, uh, which we lived at the southern end of the state, and Canton's up near Akron, and mm-hmm. it's northern. So, as I said, we weren't real close. So I didn't go to Cannes that often.
0: Have you ever been to Mansfield, Ohio?
5: Have not. I've been through it, but I've never stopped. Okay. Uh, but no, sir, I have not.
0: Somehow, they always seem to get the spotlight, although now Mansfield, Texas, because... Did you know that Mansfield, Texas is the largest Mansfield in the country? I did not know that. In terms of population. Okay. Yet, uh, I don't know, as someone who's not from around here, I've only been here. I've been here 17 years... Yes, sir. But somehow Mansfield, Ohio always seems to be, when when you hear Mansfield, that seems to be the first thing that you think of.
5: You are correct. Uh, in law enforcement, it was very well known, uh, Mansfield. It was, uh, back in those days, uh, homosexual activity oh. was uh, pretty prevalent, and it was a crime and big. And they had a um, a reputation for that. Uh, and many years, I mean, we're talking that had to be in the 50s, 60s. But anyway, they they turned that all around, and they're, they're a good city now.
0: Still not the largest. No, uh, they're oh, good. There are, I don't know if you know this, uh, there are 18 Mansfields in you the know, United States.
5: It's uh, strange you should say that, because someone once told me not. It's a wives' tale, so I don't know. That every state in the union had a Mansfield except one, but now you say eighteen, so yeah. that's that's news to me. I didn't know that
0: eighteen, and most of them are on the eastern east half. Case, yeah, there's the only of, one on the west is there's a there's a Mansfield, Washington. Okay, everything else from uh, from Illinois, basically all the way down to Texas is is on the east, right, east side yeah. of that line. I mean, yeah. um, that's Don't ask me why I know that but I I did some research and well I think it's
5: interesting how Mansfield got its name because when they sent it in it was not Mansfield that's not what they submitted it was Manfield right named after the Field mill but when it came back from the state it was Mansfield
0: <laughs> because people were sending mail to the city correct addressing it as Mansfield okay And
5: that's part of the story I did not know.
0: uh, So, yeah, a lot of it was misspelled. And because Field spelled his last name E.I. instead of I.E. And and they figured out what the heck. Well,
5: you know, there's a he's not a young man anymore. But when I came here as chief of police, I worked with him in Arlington. He's a descendant of the Field family. hmm. Matter of fact, this last parade we had, he was the marshal, grand marshal. His name's Jimmy. Jimmy Field. And uh, when I first came here, he said, well, you know, my grandfather helped found that city. I said, Jimmy, that can't be right. It's spelled F-I-E-L-D. No, it was F-E-I-L-D, and they changed it. And at first, I didn't believe him, but when I got here, I found out real fast. That was true. That was a true story.
0: And he lives in Arlington?
5: I think he may live in Mansfield, or he did at one time, but if he's in Arlington, southern part, I know that. All right.
0: Let's see if we can get him on the... uh...
5: Yeah, you should. Uh, Like I said, in the city can help you find him because he's not hard to find because he is a retiree from Arlington Police Department. So he's not hard to find. And he'd be tickled to death to come, I'm sure.
0: Let's go back to football and baseball. And um, what positions did you play in football?
5: In football, I was a defensive end and offensive guard. My senior year, when I went on the field, I never came off. As I said, a small school. So I was on the kicking team, receiving team, offense and defense, <laughs>
0: playing every every down of every game. That's got to be tough.
5: It, well, what made it it wasn't really that difficult because back in those days, the hero of Ohio was Woody Hayes, mm-hmm. and everybody ran his offense. Well. Woody used to shuttle plays in with guards. Well, I was one of the guards that shuttled plays in on our offense. Gotcha. That's what made it hard. You're playing the whole game and running plays in and out. That was a little tough. But young kid, you know, it's it's no big step. You can do that.
0: Do you for uh, which high school did you? Uh, did you New do?
5: Miami. It's a very very small community. Back in those days, it was a steel town. Okay. Uh, right outside of Hamilton. Hamilton is about to Cincinnati, what Fort Worth is to Dallas. It was that kind Half of hour. a distance.
0: Would you play in baseball positions?
5: Catcher. I was a catcher probably from Little League all the way up.
0: Wow. Yeah. I played. Loved um, I
5: loved to catch.
0: I played eight years of baseball okay. from, from age eight to age 16. Played every position on the field except catcher.
5: I love catching. I really did. Interesting. It was kind of funny how that happened. I was actually playing third base on a little league team and uh, the coach's son, we our first game, he decides he can't catch. He, I mean, he said he was too scared and So the coaches, can anybody here catch a couple of my friends? I had caught in the neighborhood, so they said, well, Eamon can catch. (laughs) So I started, and from that point on, I never looked back. I was from Little League all the way up. That's what I did.
0: Any home runs during your career?
5: I had one. Uh, it was in high school, but it wasn't over a fence home run. It was yeah. one of these, you hit it, <laughs> and, you just, and the outfield's wide open, so it just rolled, and I, I was slow. These time me by calendar, <laughs> uh, but I did. I did.
0: <laughs> Sorry, it took a second. <laughs> I'm on a delay here, but yes, they timed you by calendar. Yes.
5: Yeah, it took a while for me to get around, uh, but uh, yeah, that was the only one I really scored.
0: But you still remember that one, don't you? I do. You?
5: I did, well, the biggest thrill, my junior and senior year, uh, we went to the state playoffs, and uh, we played at Crosley Field, which at that time was the Cincinnati Reds ballpark. Yeah. So that's a huge thrill for a kid from a 2A school.
0: And doesn't Big League Dreams? Yes, sir. Has it's, Crosley Field. It is.
5: Yes, it is. Still there. Yeah.
0: And do you ever go out there and just kind of stand I have there on occasion. If I
5: When I go out there, I generally migrate over to Crosley Field. That one in Ranger Stadium. Yeah. It's a memory captured. So.
0: Which is now Choctaw <laughs> Stadium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Times, they do change. You graduated from New Miami High School. Did uh, I would assume college uh, came right after? Or? No, sir.
5: No. Uh, back in those days, I'll, I'll be very frank with you. Um, I had a job. I worked for Mosler Safe Company. Um. And I was getting a paycheck, and I was a young man getting a paycheck, and all I cared about was playing ball and working. Um, And then in October, I graduated in May of 66, and in October, as I said earlier, my mother and I, we lived together in a mobile home. It was eight foot wide and 40 foot long. Hmm. And uh, my brother-in-law came to me, and he said, "Uh, have you given any thought to going to military? I said, well, yes and no. And uh, he said, well, you really ought to give some thought to doing that. Uh, he said, your mom can move in with your sister and I, and we'll take care of her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, that is a opportunity. Well, he was thinking I would join the Air Force because that's what he was in. Well, that was comical. I went in to join. Of course, this is in Vietnam era. Right. Well, right. I wanted to leave at a certain time and— uh, I don't know, Army had a waiting li- Well, Army was just wait, they're going to draft you.
0: Right.
5: Uh, Navy, it was like six months. Air Force, it was like a year waiting list. Well, I wanted to leave like in October of that year and uh, walked into Marine Corps, and they said, yeah, we, when you want to leave? <laughs>
0: <We'll> take it <laughs> <already.
5: right now. laughs> So that's what I ended up doing. I enlisted in the Marine Corps.
0: So while most people your age... At that time we're trying to avoid going into the military because we're in wartime you enlisted with the mili- uh, with the uh, the Marines
5: yes sir uh, and- let me back you up just a second okay now here again it was a small town I, most of my friends and in that era they wanted to go in they wanted to serve their country now yeah later on like in the later 60s that movement was was there right uh, but not in 66. They were still hanging tough with the government. And if our government thinks that's what we, where we need to be, then that's where we need to be.
0: All so. right. You served for how long? Three years. And first of all, thank you for your service. Well oh, thank you. Uh, during the Vietnam War?
5: Yes, but I never left California. I got a dear friend. He said, layman, you got to be the only Marine that ever went to Vietnam. (laughs) And I think it had something to do with my MOS. I was a teletype operator. Okay. And I did crypto, which was uh, top secret stuff. Um, So I don't know if that played into it or not. But all I did was go back and forth between uh, uh, San Diego, where I went to school, for teletype, and Pendleton, just back and forth.
0: My future son-in-law, which he will become my son-in-law at the end of April. Yes. this year. Well, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Is based at Camp Pendleton. My dad retired, uh, as the chief graphic artist for Camp Pendleton. Okay. Uh, w- worked there, Oh, worked there until he, uh, retired at 70, I think. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we grew up in San Diego. I, I know, yes, I know Camp Pendleton real well. I know the, uh, the Naval and, and the military bases, mm-hmm. um, down in san diego real well
5: i don't know if you've been there lately but i want to say 10 maybe could be 20 but in, several years ago i had the opportunity to go back and um, what i remember was a parade deck at the recruit depot i mean this thing was huge i could, i don't know if you ever saw it but uh it's where they had parades every weekend fridays i think but uh, and then, of course, the Marine uh, recruits, they did all their marching there. Well, that's all gone now, and it's now barracks. Yeah. And the Quonson Huts are pretty much all gone. Well, I went through a Quonson hut when I went through boot camp. So it's it's really different now than it was then.
0: San Diego and Camp Pendleton, so that takes you, what, 66 to about 69 or 70? 69. Okay.
5: Yes, sir. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, the next question was, where'd you go from there?
5: Yeah, when I got out, uh, I had an aunt and uncle that lived in Arlington, and they had a furniture store. And uh, my mother had just passed away. When my uncle had come up for the, came to Ohio for the funeral, and he started talking to me about what do you want to do, and I said, Well, I want to go to school on the GI Bill. I know I want to do that. And he said, uh, Once you come live with us, we have a college in our town. He said, you can live with us, work in a store, and uh, go to school. I
0: Here thought, in Arlington?
5: Uh, yeah, at okay. UTA. Yeah. I thought, well, that's a good offer. He said, if you don't want to go there, we got a great junior college system. He was talking about Tarrant County Junior College at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So I thought, well, I'll give it a whirl. So I came down for a visit, went to work for him, and did that for quite a while, uh, six, eight months, and I don't know if you're familiar with Meadowbrook Rec Center, it's yeah. down there on Abram. Well, I was going to that in the evening, working out and playing basketball. And there was an Arlington policeman came up to me, and he said, Hey, I understand you're not long out of the Marine Corps. I said, Yeah. He said, Have you ever thought about being a cop? I said, Never crossed my mind. He swore we hiring. He said, We're going to grow. And at that time, it was comical because Arlington at that time was almost the exact same size as Mansfield is now. We were 65,000 in Arlington. He says, great job, great town. He said, you might want to just look at it. So I thought, well, what the heck? So I applied and got the job and was hired in in June of 69 and just fell in love with the job. Uh, I was looked, I didn't really, I hadn't been in school long enough to do a major. I was doing the general studies. Yeah. uh, But I quickly migrated over to get a, Criminal justice degree, not. I I did get my associates from Tarrant County. I moved from UT to Tarrant County. Um, Did get my associates, and I never got my bachelor's. I need about, I don't know, 9 or 12 hours, but I was too busy being a dad at the tail end. Uh Uh, So studies kind of got away from me between job responsibilities and parent responsibility. I went there in 69. Well, in um, 79... a friend of mine who was a Texas Ranger, he lived here in Mansfield. His name was John Hogg. He came to me and said, hey, uh, they're looking for a police chief in Mansfield. Have you ever thought about being a chief? And I said, well, not really. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I think, you, I think you can get that job if you want it. Well, I went ahead and applied, and sure enough, I, they offered me the job, and that, that began the whole new career. Uh, I was here from 79 to 86. Um, Then I was offered a deputy police chief job in Richardson in 86. And I went over there as a deputy chief. It started out I had just investigations because that was kind of my forte at Arlington. Mm -hmm. Um, I got my reputation and career through detective work. um, And they were looking for a head of detectives. And um, I'd been there a few years and the chief came to me, asked me to take over both patrol and investigations. So I did that for a total of 16 years. And then, uh, Richardson was going through a little bit of hard times. They had all the high tech companies in the world in Richardson. Right. That's when the high tech took a nosedive and they were all bailing out, being sold one thing. And uh, so they offered early out early retirement and, um, I explored it with my finance guy, and he said, Well, it'd take you five years to get what they're offering you right now. And I thought, Well, that's kind of crazy to stay. And then my boss was going to take it. Turned out there were 17 of us who hmm. took, took the early out. And uh, then I came back to Mansfield. And uh, I don't know, I was here. That would have been in 2002. And then in 2005 is when uh, Vernon Newsom. School superintendent. All right. uh, we were friends when I was living here in chief back in those days. He came after me, asking me if I'd be police chief of the school district. And I kept saying no. And he finally got it to the point he got my attention. So, and I like burning. I've always thought the world burning. Um, and so I went to work for the school district and I did that from 05 until uh, 13. I, and I've re- totally retired since thirteen.
0: Totally, closed it down. Yep, hung out, hung the uh, hung the hat on the door. Said just hung it.
5: it up. And I, I think the key to all that is you don't, in my mind, you don't retire from something; you retire to something else. Right. And that's when I really threw in. I always believed, in the very first time I ran, um, both myself and my family, I believe owed Mansfield a major debt. Both my children are very successful. My son is a partner with Beck Construction. Uh, he's built some big projects. He was involved with the Dickey Center. He was involved with the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Reunion, or, or, yeah, Reunion Plaza, uh, the one in Fort Worth. I'm drawing a blank. The, the big one downtown,
0: Sundown Square. Yes, okay. he was
5: involved with that. Um, anyway, he's he's involved with. Several major projects, and about a year ago, they made him a partner. And my daughter is a she was until she moved into world of sales. She got recruited away, but she was in a neonatal intensive care flight nurse. She did that for over twenty years. She loved it. Huh. So, and as I said, both of them got their roots here in Mansfield. Um, so when I ran the first time, matter of fact, my 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 little line was, help me give back to the city, you know, give back to Mansfield. And um, so I've been public service ever
0: since. That's a great slogan. I think somebody out there running for, well, we got the mayor's seat and we got yeah. uh, place two coming up here yes, in, in May. So if you're thinking on running for city council, <laughs> help me give back to Mansfield. Yep. Great slogan. Well, thank you. Which which you which you used back in two thousand eight. Eight, yes, yeah. sir. We're talking with Councilman Mike Lehman here in studio, and we will finish the interview next week, including the ever popular lightning round. This is also the place where you can hear the latest Mansfield news and information. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Go to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise.
1: About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radzwin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casio.
0: We thank you all for listening. Stay warm, Mansfield. It's going to be a tough couple of days here. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casio, and this is About Mansfield.